Welcome to the Pro Tips for Musicians podcast, practical advice for an impractical business. I'm your host, Jim Henry. Before we get started today, I wanted to let you know that producing these podcasts is a labor of love and I've been having a great time putting them together. But for me to continue this work, I'm going to need some help. Please consider joining my Patreon campaign by visiting www.patreon.com slash Jim Henry. In return for your generosity, you'll get exclusive access to videos, recordings, downloads, and outtakes that aren't available anywhere else. You could even end up being a guest on the show. So check out patreon.com slash Jim Henry to find out about all the cool reward incentives, and let's see if we can keep the Pro Tips podcast going. On today's show, we have Paul Kahansky. Paul is one of the most sought-after bass players in all of New England. He's the founding member of the regional supergroup, The Swinging Stakes, and is a current member of Ronnie Earl and the Broadcasters, Al Anderson and the Floor Models, the Shinolas, Grammy winner Lori McKenna's band, as well as fronting his own band called The Threesies. He's played on countless recordings and played literally thousands of live shows all over the world. He's also appeared on Late Night with Stephen Colbert, The Conan O'Brien Show, and was recently nominated for a Grammy of his own for his work with Alistair Mook and Friends. I couldn't be more pleased that he stopped by to talk to us today, so let's say hello to Paul Kahansky. Hello, Paul Kahansky. Hello, Jim. <laughs> How are you? I am swell, and yourself? I'm I'm doing well. Thank you for thanks for dropping in here. Absolutely. Today. Yeah. So before we get into the whole uh, pro tips thing, I wanted to ask you about something, and that is I've never actually spoken with someone who's been to the Grammys before. Mm. So I was hoping you might talk a little bit. What was that like? Well, it was like going to the circus. You gotta <laughs> you gotta go once. You know it's gonna happen. Yeah. yeah, it was great. Did you, was, did you do the whole red carpet thing? And we did. Stuff? I was nominated along with Alistair Mook and uh, the Alistair Mook and Friends Project. Recorded an album called Singing Our Way Through This, which was uh, an album of music that, that Alistair came up with uh, when his daughter was diagnosed with cancer. And a lot of the song material, it, it's, a, it's an awesome record full of you know great, great local and regional folks uh-huh. that we all know. And heartfelt. So how come you were part of that nomination? The way Grammy nominations work, if you're on a project and you're on it over a certain percentage of the record, oh, really? 60 or 70 percent or something like that. Notable because Mark Arelli played on the record, but not as much as me, apparently. <laughs> so I got the nod, as well as uh, Scott Kessel from Daisy May. Oh, no kidding. As well as Anand Nayak, who was co-producer as well as guitar player. That, well, that's very cool. So, well, you played bass on that and played bass on everything, probably. I did, which got me the nod for I the know. nomination. Well, that's that's one of the upsides to playing bass. That's right. One of the few. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You take them where you can. Take, yeah, right. Take the perks. Uh, and so the other thing that I'm, I want to ask probably everybody who stops by is, how, do you remember how we met? You and I met? I bet it was the kitchen table. That's what I was thinking, too. Yeah. Was that, I believe, 97, something wow. like that? Well, the kids, I remember that we both had small children at the time. That's right. And what was notable about that, that gig was it was, was it once a month or once a, wasn't once a week, was it? You know, I'll, or was it? Maybe it was. Once a week. That's how long ago it was wow. where we would say that, yeah, I'll play a gig every 
it was week. it was every Tuesday, and what was notable about it is it didn't start till ten. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's the big difference between then and now. That's how bad we wanted to get out of the house. That's right, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly now at ten o'clock. Forget it. Oh my god. Yeah, little kids. Yeah, yeah for no that little fire and water, a uh, little place in Northampton, and we yeah. go down there. But yeah, I guess so. I met uh, Doug Plavin. Uh, the drummer put that together. That's right. I remember getting a call from Doug and saying, asking me if I would like to be part of it. I said, well, yes, I would. Yes, it gets me out of the house on a Tuesday. I'm that, there. That's right. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the whole pro tip thing today. Yes. Uh, so the guest, that being you, mm-hmm. gets to pick the pro tip that you would like to talk about. I'll reach into the bag <laughs> and pull out number seven. Pro tip number seven, during sound check. Stand slash sit quietly until it's your turn. That's a good. That's a, a good pro tip. It is. So what? Yeah. What made you choose that one? Well, looking through the list, I realized there's a couple others that that kind of tie in with the same one, mm-hmm. and we can. They're elude. all sort of. They're all. Yeah. They're all sort of go together. They go to. They one do. One way or another. And these three struck me the commonality. Well, we'll discuss it. But let's let's talk about the first one. Okay. So the idea is, is that if you have the opportunity to take a sound check, yeah, because sometimes that's not the case. You know, the, assuming that you go, you show up at a venue, and it's pro enough to have a real PA yeah. and <laughs> some individual qualified to run such gear. You have the opportunity, set up your stuff, make your noises, make sure everything works. The other folks in the band are doing the same thing. And you conceivably have enough time to stop making said noises. <laughs> and it's just an indicator that on, you know, on, on any gig, you're playing with the people in your band and you're thinking about them and what's working for them. And you're also thinking about the people outside your, you know, the, the player's sphere. Mm-hmm. And the next guy in the chain or the next person is going to be that sound tech mm-hmm. whose job is to get your shit sounding good. Right. What's important to getting his getting his work done is everyone else staying quiet right. and individually making their their noises, right. so they can be sound checked. Well, that's yeah, and it's hard to it's hard to remember that when you're trying to get your sound, hmm. you know, and uh, there doesn't appear to be anything going on. So it's like, oh, okay, I'll just I'll plink away here or whatever, or hit that snare drum with the way they do, <laughs> trying to <laughs> try and tune it up. But yeah, you have to pay attention to what's going on around you. You do, and for the greater good of what's going on, it's, it's going to make right. a more efficient sound check if the sound tech has the ability to isolate each instrument. You know? mm-hmm. If you hear, doom, doom, doom. Boom. You know, that's not your invitation to start playing another one bites the dust. All right. right. <laughs> that's that's the soundtrack trying right. sound tech trying to get the sound of that kick drum dial in for the room and, and right. everything else. You're working together. You're in a working unit of people. Whether you're offloading furniture on a truck, everyone has a has a role to play. And that's an interesting point because everybody in the band knows knows each other well and has a rapport and sometimes they don't have to speak to know what's happening. But oftentimes the sound tech, they don't know all, you know, all the nuances and crap that's going on between the band mm, members. So it's yeah. important to pay attention to, to that piece. 
It is. And to have a, a sound tech sometimes, well, this kid's taking a lot longer than it should, maybe an indicator too that, okay, there may be some things, it will, somebody will have to have a word with them. Like, you know, like, you know that was a, that's an awesome kick drum sound, but you know, the vocals have got to be louder than it. And, you know, and sometimes you can tell with the degree of experience or the professionality of, of, of who's working with you. Right. And by giving them the opportunity to do their bit without encumbering them with sorting through noise, the noise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a really good point about it. You know, the sound engineer for the most part hasn't ever heard you and your, what you do. So mm. I don't think that it's a uh, it's an insult to go up and say, "So look, this is kind of what we like. We like to have a big fat." kick drum or or we don't i know when i play with tracy grammar she likes to she's sort of the band you know she's because she just plays the guitar right but she likes it big and fat and loud and she'll tell the sound guy i like this you know this is a little guitar but i want it to sound big and fat right it's going to be right up front if you tell them that then they know what to strive for exactly yeah qualifying this all with the idea that you're at a at a venue that has a where there's time and opportunity for a sound check right where if you're in a festival situation or if you're in a multi-band thing, you may be just throwing your crap up there and you right. know, you've got a dunk, 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 dunk. Everybody's got to make their own little noises. And right. then if there's time for a line check, then that's where you would apply number seven and try to sit quietly or you know, not time, make any noise. One time I did a, I was playing with uh, Mary Chapin Carpenter and we went over to England to do this one show at this festival. And they told us beforehand, they're, they're like, you, there will be no monitors, you know, at first. You're going to have to walk up there almost, almost entirely blind. You just plug into your stuff and you go. Hmm. You're not going to be able to hear anybody or anything. Just put a smile on your face and just go. It's amazing. Wow. <laughs> did they dial it in by the time? Eventually. Yeah. But it, it is. It's scary. <laughs> it is. And especially, too, if you're in a touring band that that does that all the time where it's a level of comfort for for the players especially for the for the front person now this is this is the way we do it this is my comfort zone this is what enables me to perform right. the best that evening is having a good sound check in the afternoon the right. way we like it and you know the ability to be able to roll with things like this this is important what's the other tip that you well think thinking this? about that the idea of waiting your turn to make sound at the sound check both Technically speaking, for you know, for the you know, for the sound tech to make sure they've got that right, also speaks to a certain level of 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 just etiquette. If you're working with people, it's a lot easier when everyone is when everyone's cool, <laughs> which speaks to, you know, which which speaks to the you know, a pro tip number forty: talent does not excuse bad behavior. Uh, that's that is true, and you know, it speaks you know, yeah. Yep, this is your gig. Yeah, you hired us, but that still doesn't, you know, it still means you have to be cool. Right. In order for any sort of working unit, whatever that work crew is, if the uh if the crew is offloading a offloading a furniture van or or painting the side of a house. Everybody you like has that a, you like that furniture van thing, I do. Don't you? I do like that. <laughs> is that that's that's what being a musician is like is Sometimes, unloading a van. If you're carrying a heavy piece of something in one hand. Say you're working with a drummer, <laughs> for instance. <laughs> heaven so, forbid. Heaven forbid. And you're both carrying a heavy 
couch. You're, there's two people. You're on each end of the couch. You are making this couch move across the surface of the earth. <laughs> you're making this big whole engine work. You want the guy on the other end of the couch not to like drop it right. or make sudden jerky movements. You right. you want to you know you want to know that the other person on the end of the couch is going to be conscious of the fact that you're walking backwards down the stairs. Right. And, and you know when, when he's going to be walking backwards down the stairs. It becomes more than etiquette. It becomes, it becomes a code. It becomes something that you, out of respect for your, your other players, the people on your team. Right. Tr- and trust. Trust. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. And yeah, and even, you know, you might be an excellent furniture mover, but if you can't carry the end of the couch with me, well, then I don't know if I want to be on your furniture yeah, moving right. crew. And we're all sort of in the same boat, even if you, you know, even if we've never met, the, you know, if you show up at a brand new venue, these these people are doing the same job that you're doing. So there's a, there should be a yeah a certain level of respect mm. and trust. Yeah. Um, now if they don't, if they, you know, they break that trust or etiquette, then that's something else entirely. Right. Then you have that's something that you have to work around. You know, hopefully, you know, hopefully it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't tweak you so much that, yeah, it, right. that it affects your day, but you'll definitely, oh, yeah. Yeah, let's not give the monitor engineer any more than he needs to. Right. Because <laughs> this won't get better. Right. No, I, you know, I, that's something I struggle with all the time because when, when stuff doesn't go right, sound or, or venue stuff is unprofessional or I, get, I do get tweaked. It takes mm-hmm. me a little while to untweak myself well it's yeah it's nature you know you're doing your part when somebody is when somebody's flipping that couch around on the other end without letting you know they're right. doing it it's yeah, yeah. some people are, are really graceful about getting if things aren't going well or someone doesn't really know what they're doing rather than getting angry they're they're able to sort of enlist their help hmm. you know yeah uh, that some, is a- like we we you and i have done some gigs with susan warner and she is, I, I'm, I'm truly amazed by her, uh, well, as a performer, obviously, but she's really good at talking to sound people who are not doing the best job, but getting, just, just sort of enlisting their help right. so they want to do a better job. Right. So it's not confrontational. Right. She doesn't get bent out of shape like I do. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah. Still, she was. She is great that way. And that's, and that's, a, that's a great way to be because you're going to get the best you can get. All right. Because that's, you know, I always tell people, don't give the monitor guy the... <laughs> the comp T-shirt after the gig, give it to him before. Yeah, right. It'd be more, you know, you're working. You know, again, you're working together. Right. And whatever you can do to foster that. Right. And it kind of bears in mind, like you're saying, because it goes from all levels of the of the gig. It it made me think of number twenty three. <laughs> you know, the same people that you meet on the way up, you see on the on the we meet on the way down. That is true. And whether it's up, down, or sideways, you know, wherever you're going, giving the benefit of the doubt to everyone else with you, that sets the bar to a certain level where you can work. All the tips speak to the idea that you're cool. You know, somebody once said that. You know. Being a dick has nothing to do with genitalia. <laughs> and, That's true. And you don't, you know, you, you don't have to be right to get, you know, to get something done. Right. Well, yeah, no, that's that's really that's a great point. If someone is a nice person but they're green, mm. or new, uh, and they're not doing stuff right, but if they're nice, it makes it a lot easier to deal with them and work with them. But if someone is not doing a great job and they're a dick. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the worst. Yeah, it is. Yeah. 
And then you hope that they get that job at the registry and just, just get it over <laughs> with. Yeah, go, yeah. No, you hope they don't get that job <laughs> at the registry. <laughs> but inevitably, if so many of them seem to end up there. <laughs> well, this all, to me, this, all of these, all the tips come down to one. And that is, I think it's tip number 35, mm. which is the one that you were hoping to, to yes. talk about today. And right. we can talk right. about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We ta- I talked about it with uh, Tracy Grammer on the last show. But, you know, in a lot of ways, it all boils down to number three. Have you got number 35 right there in front of you? Every musical moment should be in service to the song. Always be telling the story. Right. And that applies to everybody backstage, everybody in front, you know, the ushers, the audience, you know, everybody along the way. Oh, good point. You know, telling the story. See, I was already just in my own little music guy head, <laughs> thinking about I'm playing this whole note instead of all these cool bass notes I could be playing because I think it's best for the song. <laughs> but you're right, it is. It's it's everyone. It is everybody. And when you record, you know, it's the engineer, the guy who cleans up the studio, for instance. I mean, everybody has a part in it, whether they know it or or like it or right, not. Right. Or attendees. You know, if you're yeah. an audience member and you know, and you're you know, you're on your phone or you're you know standing. Up taking flash photography, yeah, right. right? Well, yeah, you're you're not really you're not adding to the telling of the no, story here. No, yeah, yeah. Showing up on time is important for everybody. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, making sure you're fed. I mean, it's everything. Everything infuses the telling of the story. Yes. Uh, so that and it, I forget where I somewhere I wrote in in this in the pro tips book. There's a, a paragraph. Uh, I forget which tip it's about, but essentially, I think everybody wants to be part of that magic musical moment, hmm. whether you're playing or listening in the audience, it, where the music transcends everything. And for a brief minute or you know, 30 seconds, everybody's on the same plane and at, at the same point. And that's, that's when it's a beautiful, you know, all is one kind of spiritual experience. Right. Doesn't happen very often. And that's, you know, and that, and there's that striving for it that, you know, it makes us go for it, right? And it, but it's it's as much on the audience as it is on the on the performers. They got to be there. They got to be in it too, right? And so I forget what my point was exactly, but well, it, it, <laughs> we're all in together. It, it, I guess we, we, we truly are, and and it is that striving for the transcendence. That's that's what music fans and players, and oftentimes they are the same people. Yes, <laughs> that, you know, you do. You you strive for that moment where it, where it does transcend. Which means I'm going to bust into the last little one I was thinking okay. of, which is number 49. The next gig you play or attend could be the absolute best show ever. You never know ahead of time. That's why you got to show up. And I'm going to amend this, though. Okay. Because this is something I've always felt. The next gig you play could be the absolute last show ever. <laughs> you never know ahead of time. That's why you got to show up because you're going for it. And if, if, if you walk in with your own cloud of crap, it, it's going to be harder to reach that transcendent point for yourself, right. your players involved, the, the audience. And I always say that, man, it's like after that good gig, that's when I usually say the silent prayer going, <laughs> get me home, because if that was the last one, that would be okay. Right. right. Well, then that, I, I don't know who said it. I think it was B.B. King. It's like, you're only, you're only as good as your last gig. Right. Right. So you know, might as well make them all good if you can. <laughs> well, that's it. Because it, cause it, you know, yeah, you don't know. It could be the last one. Yeah, you, know? you don't know. 
I've played on, as you have played on really big stages for mm-hmm. a lot of people and really small hotel rooms. And sometimes those small ones are where those <laughs> moments happen, those musical, you know, absolutely spiritual moments. Or the, or the, you know, kind of the, you know, the thing where you go and kind of like, oh yeah, okay, kind of the, yeah, same old, same old type of thing, and you know, something, some magic happens, some switch kind of gets thrown between the players, the audience, this type of thing, and yeah. Yeah, sometimes those those ones you give little thought to, end up being the the most sublime, right? <laughs> well, let's let's actually let's back up and talk about how you, as a bass player. Um, serve the song like you know how do you when you accompany someone how, how do you you know do you have a philosophy about that i'm thinking particularly of, of songwriters i sure, guess which sure. you, you play with a lot of them i do and and i you know it's a it's a playing with songwriters the the headset that i want to have is to serve the song i need to know it right and <laughs> even if it's just a matter of, of you know an accurate chart right. but my way of my way of serving it is feeling confident enough in the form of the thing so that i can uh, with some degree of accuracy help the other players go okay we're going here now right or you know don't worry talent person we're going to we're going to hit that second double chorus right even if you don't right. <laughs> <laughs> well and bass in particular is i would say the after the talent, the hmm. second most important thing that's happening. Somebody once said, and, and I kind of, I kind of agree. Bass is how the song goes. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you know, you know, obviously it's covered by you know the harmonic, you know, the, the bridge, the, the bridge between the harmony and the rhythm. Right. And with you know, in absence of either of those, yeah, you can you can do it with bass. It's certainly not going to have the you know the color and the sort of ear candy, but. It's how you know how the song goes. Yeah. And uh, well, when I was yeah. when I was being folk Jim, mm. me and my guitar going out, and I hired somebody else. I would always hire a bass player. I oh. didn't hire another. I didn't hire hire the sparkly guy. Oh, well, you're 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 a fine sparkly I, I yourself. Can, I can you can do a that. little bit on my own, but uh, yeah. no, it's because yeah, that's you're exactly right. That's how the song goes. Mm. And you know, the bass is often. Overlooked and much maligned, <laughs> oh man, as being unnecessary. But it really is. It, it's 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 very important, and that's part of why you're so sought after is because mm. you're really good at well, it. It turns out, especially with songwriters. Well, you know, I, again, try to, you know, I get a chance to hear all this stuff live and in person. It so. is. It's pretty cool to stand yeah. next to somebody who's who's you know doing the magic. Yeah, exactly. The master of the craft. Yeah. You know, well, you're and, playing you know, these days with as we mentioned in the introduction with uh, Lori McKenna hmm. when she when she has a band and uh yeah, she's sort of at the height of her powers, yeah. I think. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing is that you know, seeing her her growth from I remember playing Pete Nelson and I from the from the kitchen table uh-huh. uh Pete with myself open for her uh, must have been around 2000 or so, and she had a record or two out. Her writing was 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 very was very compelling then, and just see her. And then I started playing with her in 2004 mm-hmm. after Bittertown came out, and just seeing how she went from being somebody who writes songs at her kitchen table really well, and then after that record came out, go to Nashville and then begin the co-writing process, and just seeing how it's it's shaped her. You know, she's a very prolific writer, and see her, her writing uh, in conjunction with other writers, how this is 
you know, these are a little shaped to be a little bit more commercial and there are others that are not. And mm-hmm. it's the stuff that is not that kind of harkens to our earlier days and make you go like, oh, she's, she's on a roll. She is at that position where she can, you know, speak it plainly and truthfully from the heart, and and people seem to like it and pay yeah. for it. And and you do, and that and that shows when you play with her. Hmm. You know, you're, it, the music touches you. Yeah, um, yeah, because you do. You pay attention. You listen, and <laughs> that's no good. Actually, you and I, we just finished recording mm. uh, with Tracy Grammer. You were instrumental, excuse mm. the pun, boom. <laughs> in, uh, in how a lot of those songs ended up, you know, because the bass, well, the rhythm section really, but the bass really influences the, the groove of the song. You mm. know, whether it's a, a whole note or you're, you're pumping eighth notes or something, it's, it can really make a song breathe in a whole different way that you didn't yeah. imagine. Yeah, well, I'm 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 psyched. Everyone liked it. Cause yeah. I, I sure did. <laughs> that was the beauty of working with yourself and 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 Tracy and Lauren that I was pretty much allowed to play instinctually, which is usually the easiest part for me to remember. Right. Right. And, and, <laughs> and and fine tooth it from there with with suggestion or whatever. But just being in a in a place where I think this is what's going to serve it. And right. And you know ah. It and, becomes, it, and it did. And it did. <laughs> yeah, man. Tracy's got that ability, too. Where it's oh, like, yeah? Ah, damn. La, 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 yeah, la. yeah. <laughs> Don't listen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you Dave, cry. Dave, yeah, Dave Carter, same thing. You know, oh, yeah. There's just that. There is, there is something mythical there, um, and that's why songwriters are revered a lot of the time. And we're lucky they let us hang around with them. Well, that's right. <laughs> yeah, man. No, Absolutely. So, is there any other uh, tips you wanted to, <laughs> to well, hit on? Yeah, those are, those are the ones. You know, it's you know, just basically, you know, just work together. Be nice. Be nice. Work <laughs> Be together. Be nice. And listen. Keep your ears open. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you know, being a bass player, it's, it's a, it is more of a, I think of, you know, like the sparkly guys. Mm. There's, a, there's more of an ethereal thing that just blows my mind where yourself or other players will come up with something on top and go like, Yes, that of course that should have been there forever. <laughs> and there's an opportunity in an improv, you know, in our in our songwriter world, where there's an opportunity for improvisation. Where, all right, you know, you've got you've got 16 bars, you know, you know the song. Everybody here knows you know the song, and you know, you know, you go, yeah, go. <laughs> and it, I'm I'm just amazed because my my craft is more okay. Like I'm gonna make the bones, and you guys put the put the uh, put the colors on top of it. All right. It's so much easier, you know, and everybody has their role and appreciates them. Well, the difference is, is the sparkly guys, myself among them, only really have to be brilliant for small mm. moments Passages. of time. Yeah. Sprinkle stuff here and there. It's like, yeah, pinching some salt out of the bowl and sprinkling it. You have to be brilliant the whole time. And it's not, it's not necessarily flashy brilliant. It's just not losing the groove, you know, well, not yeah, the, holding it, it down. Yeah, because in, in in my line, if it's too if it's too flashy, then it's it's not serving, and then 
And Christ, how do you remember all that stuff? <laughs> <laughs> one, one, yeah, one, one, one. All right. So you also play with Ronnie Earl and the Broadcasters. Yeah. And that's a whole different kind of It really scene. is. Yeah, that is. That the uh, yeah. I've been playing with Ronnie just over a year. Yeah, he's one of those handful of people on the planet who plays blues like no one else. You know, it's an undeniable sound. Probably one of the greatest living blues players. soulful feeling person it's very much about the power of the healing power of music so what so what does that do to your playing how do you how do you how do you approach that differently in that in that bag too blues is similar to you know the regular songwriting bag where once the groove is established okay it's going to be this kind of shuffle and in ronnie's world he has a lot of songs but inevitably it comes around to him going, shuffle in A, two, three. <laughs> All right. And then how we play the shuffle in A, you, you have to grab something quickly. Right. And, ah, uh, you know, I'll be like a chorus, you know, like a, a 12, you know, two, two rounds of 12, two going, man, I should have did a dum But, you know, and, and, but it, again, once, you know, you're in service to the song, right. once, once it's counted off, this is... This is what it's going to be right. like. For and the, that's what it's going to be like, like tonight. Tonight. Right? It could be very different the next time. And, and if I kind of figure out what he's going to do next time, it will right. be. Right. But oftentimes it isn't. But it is that same thing, you know, like hang on and this is... But he can play, I assume then if, for instance, you kicked off this shuffle and it's not quite the right groove, maybe you were thinking it might be... He he adapts too. Right? He does, and sometimes we'll go around three three rounds and bang dong 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 da ba da ba. That's it. <laughs> and I'll go well. Apparently, wasn't nigging it that way. <laughs> but he's. I assume then he's sort he's sort of open to just whatever is going to happen. Very much is so. what happens. Yeah, very much. Which so. is cool. It is, and I and I've played with with it's fearless in yeah. a lot of ways. Oh my goodness, yeah. yeah. And I've played with people who were definitely much more controlling or, you know, or just people insecure about their own time where they give, a, like I say, a drummer, like nothing but a ration of shit for, for an hour and a half. And it's like, come on. Now, I think Ronnie is, I'm, I'm you know, blessed to be playing with yeah. a guy who, he, he, whatever happens, happens. His sound checks will be, you know, two minutes long. You know. And his amp will be very quiet. And we always tell the sound man, it's going to get loud. <laughs> because he's not interested in wasting it. Right. He wants oh, to, that's interesting. He, yeah, he wants to save it, save it for the show. Right. And he does. And sometimes it'll be two and a half, three hour shows all the way through. And we're hanging on every note. There's a room full of people, you know. With chair ass, they don't even care. They're they're hanging on every note. When it's going somewhere, you know, everybody wants everybody Everybody wants wants to to go. Everybody (laughs) wants to be in the room when the transcendence happens. Oh, that's cool. Well, and performers are different. So we, you and I, played with, as I mentioned, Susan Warner, Mm. who was is pretty exacting about what she wants, but. She's also very open to whatever happens on stage happens on stage, and that's okay. If it yeah. doesn't go like she wanted it, she's totally cool with that. Yeah. Other people are not. 
Um, Ch- Mary Chapin Carpenter likes to do the show exactly the same way. That's how she likes to do it. This is how my show goes, right. and there's an arc to it, and I want it to go exactly this way, which is fine. That's that's what she wants to do. It's another direction, another way to go. Yeah. yeah. When I'm on the rare times that I'm fronting a band or doing a show, I don't usually like to have a set list unless I have to because mm. I, I don't really know exactly what I'm going to feel like after I just finished playing that particular song. Right. Um, or what's going what's gonna to resonate with the audience. Right. Oh, they seem to like that. Yeah. But, you know, it is helpful as a side guy to have a set list. <laughs> it is. <laughs> as I know. It is. It is. And, you know, and that's, that's kind of the beauty of playing and working with somebody a lot is that through that time, you have a bit of a catalog. Right. Uh, I mean, you, I mean, the talent... Uh, has a catalog to know that, oh, if I pull this song out of the air, they'll probably know this. Right. Or they have a better chance of knowing this. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that was what was interesting with playing with Eliza on these tours, we would just two or three weeks, some of them. Inevitably, I would hear five or six songs I had never heard. Mm. And she's got such a vast catalog. It's unbelievable. Mm. That never ceased to amaze me. It's like, how can you have another song she's probably she's got hundreds and hundreds of songs wow and would she pull them out on uh, live oh yeah just, yeah oh, oh you'll do fine with this jim yeah yeah <laughs> watch my hands yeah exactly yeah. yeah well that's the other thing about playing with somebody a lot is you you get used to how they write you know mm. their changes tend to be similar or you know you can anticipate some people like to go to the three chord a lot for, right for whatever right, reason right. so oh bridge now we're yeah. going into six yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, what a fascinating conversation we've had. <laughs> certainly was, Jim. Thank you for inviting me and uh, certainly delighted to be part of the Pro Tip podcast series. Oh, man. Well, you, you are an honored guest for, right. for coming out and, and doing this. I appreciate it. And uh, I, I kind of like the idea of, of jumping around from pro, one pro tip to the next, actually, because they all, they, all, they all are related. They really are, yeah, yeah but without a doubt. And, you know, it's a great thing to, to, to commit it to... Well, at this point, print, <laughs> zeros and ones and whatever yeah, medium exactly. it is, you know, just so that it gives people and all who are involved with, with creating and just around live music in general to points to ponder. Yeah. And give yeah, people a little glimpse of what goes on behind the scenes, maybe or in, or in our little peanut brains. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And find out that, oh, that's bouncing around on other people's shells, too. So <laughs> Exactly. So let's. Uh, I'd like to end uh, all these podcasts. If hopefully there's going to be more than one or two with some music. Well, that sounds great. So this is a song that you and I have actually been working on. One of my songs, but I heard you sing it one time, and it. it to me, this is the the definitive version of this song. So we're gonna we're gonna uh, just play that as we as we go out. So thanks again for coming, Paul. You bet, Jim. My pleasure. So here's Paul Kahansky singing Drive-In Movie Picture Show. Station wagons full of empties Daddy's whistling a tune He won't tell us where we're going Smiles and says we'll be there soon There's eight of us if you count Jeffrey Barely two, so mom holds him. We're going crazy in the way back. Fueled by the Kansas summer wind. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Pro Tips for Musicians podcast. Practical advice for an impractical business. To find out more about Paul Kahansky, you can visit him on the web at www.paulkahanskybase.com. He's also on Facebook and Twitter. To find out more about the Pro Tips podcast and how you can be a part of it, visit www.patreon.com slash jimhenry. For transcripts of this and past episodes, or to offer comments and suggestions, write to protips at jimhenry.net. Thanks for listening, everybody. And our pajamas all have